Blog Talk Radio. Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I'm sure I'm glad you did. I am very, very excited about today's show. Um, it is uh, the last show of the uh, of the year that we're doing, actually. Um, I know there's a whole week after Christmas, but we took it off. I grew up in uh, Detroit, and I don't know if they still do it, but when I grew up, the whole town shut down, man, on that week between Christmas and New Year's. All the factories closed, and that meant everything else pretty much closed as well um, for the week. And it's just a habit I got used to, and uh, it, it's a nice one. And it allows me, you know, to play with all the Christmas toys. Like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It allows me to, uh, you know, catch up on work and, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, it's a good thing. So, I'm, very, but I'm not just excited because it's the last show. I'm excited for our guest today. He made a movie that I watched the other night, and I just really, really, really dug. It's called um, Scrapper, and uh, it, is, it is fantastic. And without further ado, he not only made this movie, he, uh, he wrote the original screenplay, he directed it, he, uh, I'm sure he probably was in the producing uh, room as well, in the editing room a lot as well, too. Um, but I know for a fact that he wrote, directed, and acted, starred in it as well. So, um, you know, um, he didn't have to pay anybody. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I would like to welcome, without further ado, uh, the very extremely talented Mr. Barry Kang. Barry, how are you, man? I'm fantastic. It's a pleasure to be here, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. I didn't know this was your last show, so that's that's very important. Thank you for uh, inviting me to do this and close out the year with you. Yeah, I, I, well, I appreciate you taking the time. Man, I was blown away by your movie. I, I, so good. Um, you know, um, there were no zombies in it. No, I, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, but, no, this was a crime drama. And it, it really is, it, you know, it touches on immigration, uh, immigrants and, and, and their experience, um, and, and just, just a lot of emotion in this film. Um, how did you, uh, did you just like wake up one day and have the story or was it something you'd been working on for a while? Uh, I guess you could say I've been living it for a while. So I'm, my family okay. in a way came, came to America like that. Uh, we came here illegally as refugees uh, back mm. in the eighties and I, I'm Punjabi. So there's a, there's a, Okay. There's a backdrop of the uh, Punjabi community in the film. And even to, 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 to this day, a lot of Punjabis come that way illegally, you know, through the border from Mexico into America. And so I've, I've been exposed to that growing up. And uh, I love movies. I love cinema. I'm big on suspense, thrillers, crime dramas, you know, Scorsese, De Palma, oh, yeah. uh, those guys. Uh, yeah, Tarantino. I grew up watching them, so when I got into this world, 
uh, I wanted to bring a fresh perspective to it, especially because it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with a low budget, so I got to have a, you know, it, 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 it's, it's got to be uni- unique in a way, but also, uh, you know, true to itself. So I knew that world, and I said, hey, this will be interesting if I could kind of talk about these issues, but in a, in a suspense, crime, drama, thriller movie, you know, without being too preachy about right. it. So, and yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it kind of, you know, I think it worked because a lot of people are connecting with the film. Everyone's like, holy crap. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about this stuff. I didn't know Punjabis and Mexicans <laughs> had a thing, you know? And I'm like, you know what? N- neither did I, I didn't know about that Punjabi Mexican connection either until I started writing the movie. Then I, uh, I was blown away that wow, these two completely disparate communities from the opposite points of the globe came together in America and have this whole big history that goes back a century. So it was kind of, it was a learning experience for me as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting to me because I, you're absolutely right. I, I didn't specifically know of Punjabi, especially Punjabi crime and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah. The criminal syndicates and, and all this and that, because I hadn't been exposed to it. It didn't surprise me because I know, and any disenfranchised group, um, ethnic or not, you know, it could be mm-hmm. economic. It doesn't really matter. Um, one of the weird things about America, I feel, and uh, yeah, I'll probably get emails for saying it, but America, like, hangs this carrot on a stick in front of everybody. Oh, the dream. And, <laughs> you know, you can Pamela Anderson running down the beach. And it's one you know, I mean, there's all the big cars and, on every cultural level, you see a little bit of that. And yeah, then yeah. with these disenfranchised groups, they're like, oh, guess what? That doesn't apply to you. We're going to try to sell it to you, but it's going to be way harder for you. And from, from various things with, with, you know, dealing with the law and, and, and housing and just anything, you know, jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and so I, it doesn't surprise me because you see – you know, the quickest way to get cash, money, a lot of people say, well, you know, I could work 30 years real hard and kind of make not that I ain't going to be hanging. I ain't going to be in the VIP room, man. I might be working the doors the closest I'm going to get or the kitchen. And so the crime happens, you know. And yeah, yeah. It's, um, and it happens, and it's it's weird, too, because, it almost within those groups. I don't want to say it's acceptable, but it's not surprising. I think you know, mm-hmm. oh, such and such down the block. We all. I grew up um, very, you know, uh, lower upper class uh, suburbs and whatnot. And then I moved out of my parents' place to the city, and uh, <laughs> was exposed to an entirely different set of uh, circumstances and, and people and, and rules and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. game was totally different. And, yeah, you know, we if you live in that world a little bit, you know criminals. You know people that do kind of shady stuff, you know, not saying that you do it or anybody else, but it happens. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. He, you took a picture of this, you know, and, and you said, here it is. And here's mm-hmm. a story. Very... Your character, the main character, um, uh, Jake, I believe his name was, right? I yeah, yeah, him. Jake, yeah. Um, yeah, Jake, I was rooting for him, man. I was rooting for him first two acts. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> some, like, 
Jake's kind of kicking some ass. He's, he's he's stepping over that line a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that was on bit, purpose. That was on purpose because uh, it's. I, I think it's interesting, you know. We we're, we're behind somebody and then they do something horrific, and you're and you're still. Then you get conflicted, like, oh shit, am, am I am I with this guy or am I not with this guy? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, I remember watching Silence of the Lamb for the first time, going. Yeah, Hannibal's pretty cool, man. He's smart and charming, and then you know he's putting that guy's face over his face in the ambulance. I'm like I don't know, man. I don't know if I can hang with Hannibal. Um, yeah, but then he yeah, came yeah. At the end, you know. Uh, but Jake was almost like that. In, and I'm not trying to give anything away. I definitely want everybody, everybody listening to watch this film. It's so good on so you. many levels. Thank you. Um, absolutely. But it's just such a. So you were probably. I mean, you know, living this, you, you said, and, and, and drawing on people you knew and whatnot. And, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Crazy, man. Crazy. And then he makes a movie so, about it. How cool Yeah, is that? so the only character that I didn't really meet in, in, in reality was Jake. And that's odd, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the main character. He was a figment of my imagination and kind of like a... Uh, a, a lot of different characters that I've seen in other cinema and in literature, folklore, but I didn't really meet a Jake per se. And like all the other characters in the, in the movie, I've met somebody like that at one point in my life or not, you know. And uh, but Jake was actually just 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 a character that that kind of came about to to carry the story, and I thought that was interesting because I didn't need. Even though the movie's about immigration and the background and all that, it's really about this guy who's just trying to be different, trying to be better, you know, not be who he was in the past. Kind of like the movies in the '70s, Absolutely. you know, the the, the, the westerns, the, the the guy that's you know put away the guns and and whatnot, and kind of really playing on that uh, archetype. Absolutely, absolutely, becomes a farmer. And things yeah. are going great. And exactly, they're not. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's nothing new. <laughs> but it but it was such a fresh take on it, and you know, I I really liked the the anti-hero. I guess is the the term people use. Uh, uh-huh. Just so good, so good. Let me ask you this: Now, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you guys are coming over and whatnot, how scary is that? Um, you know, and crazy. Um, but you know, you, you, you've got this goal, you're trying to, you know, probably going through all kinds of stuff, trying to achieve it. Did you have any inkling at that time that showbiz, you were going to wind up in showbiz, making movies and stuff? No, never, never. I've, I remember when we first came to America, you know, we were very, very, we weren't poor. We were negative because my father, he left. We, yeah, we left in a, in a state of disarray because there was like a revolution happening in India and the Punjabi people, specifically Sikhs, were targeted by the rest of the country and it was it was a big mess. Mm. So it was like a fly-by-night, like we literally got out of there. We left Dodge and in a hurry. So we had to pay people, not me, my my dad had to pay people to get us out. So he went into debt to do that to get mm. us out of the country. So when we came, we were we were destitute, man. We were living in one room in someone else's basement in the ghetto in Queens. Like, that's how bad it was. 
but I, wow. but I remember even now, my dad would bring home pirated Bollywood movies when I was a little, you know, mm. from, the, like the local, from the local deli. And once a week, we would all just sit down and watch. Here I am in America watching Bollywood movies for the first time in America, right? It's very weird. But, you know, right. it was a great, yeah, it was a very, it was a great escape. Because for those in Bollywood movies, man, they're long and they're always very happy. They end in a happy note, you know. So yeah, a lot of yeah, colorful dancing, you know. So that was a great escape. So my family and I, that kind of like became uh, a ritual. You know, once a week we would get a Mm -hmm. movie and a pizza, and I just remember that was like the best time. And then that continued, and my taste evolved, and I got into more darker things. But I always went back to that. But I never thought. Like, I would do this one day. I would just watch it and, and be amazed and, and be enthralled by it all. Like, wow, you know? I, I didn't even know how it was done. I just thought it was some kind of magic. So it never occurred to me that I could actually, you know, do this. And and it didn't occur to me until much, much later in life. Uh, you know, I had already done my MBA. So I was, I, I was, I was old to get into the industry at that point, <laughs> you know? So I started late. I guess it was always there, like that, uh, that, uh-huh. that, that uh, to want to do this was always there, but I just never thought it, it could happen for me, you know? And I honestly, I was like, what am I going to do, you know? We're poor, we're, we're in the ghetto here, what am I going to do, make movies and be a movie star? It just never occurred to me. And then as things right. got better for us, my ambitions grew, I said, fuck, but I want to act. One day I just woke up and I was like, I want to act. This is after my MBA. I went to Columbia Business School Mm -hmm. and I decided I wanted to act. (laughs) Everybody thought I was What kind of work were you doing at that point? So I graduated in 2007, right before the uh, world economy tanked. So believe it or not, out of out of Columbia (laughs) Business School with an MBA from one of the top universities in the world, I was having a hard time finding a job. Oh, and, I can uh, believe it. Man. Yeah, I opened a yeah, gallery yeah. that year. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We had, a, we, had yeah. we had our little family business retail, so that was that was like a grind, you know. But uh, that's mm. when I started doing some soul searching. I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe this isn't for me. I, I you know maybe I just did this because I thought I was supposed to do it or whatever. But then I started thinking about what I really wanted to do. I was like, oh, I love movies, man. I want to do something with that. One thing led to another. Got into acting. Did, did auditions for a while. And, you know, people weren't lining up to give me leading roles in, in big movies, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was getting the usual uh, auditions for Homeland, you know. You know exactly what I mean. So, and I, said, I know exactly what I want. Uh, Yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know, this is great, but this is not, I, I, want, I want to play some interesting characters, characters that, that I, you know, I've seen, I've, I've met. And, I, and then I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to compete with all these other people. I'm just going to create my own stuff. Uh, the and best that way, way. Yeah, actually, that it's not like it's not. It wasn't my idea. It was I got that right. idea from uh, from Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, listening to him yeah. on his uh, talking about his career and Vin Diesel. I, you know, I was like, you know, these guys are cool, man. And then I, you know, looked them up. You know, how they became who they became. And I said, all right, this is another way to go at it. Let's just go straight for, you know, let's just start making stuff and see if I can even do this. So it was really, a, it was a couple of things. I wanted to, one, just be, I wanted to create things, but I also wanted to see if I could do it. You know, I didn't want to dedicate right. my life to this. 
and then 20, 30 years pass, and I find out I can't even, I can't act. <laughs> you know, I can't hold the movie because I never got the shot. So I said, let me see if I can do this. So I wrote a film. I ended up directing it and writing it. It was called Lucky back in 2014. And, and I was able to carry the movie, you know, from, from the different, I mean, it wasn't the greatest cinematic achievement in, ever, right? No, I, I but made you made for, a movie. I, yeah, I made it for scraps. And the fact that I made it, was was a big thing because people talk about making a movie for sometimes for their whole life, man. And, you know, right. it just doesn't work out. And I, I, I just said, you know, forget it. I'm going to do this. And let's, for better or for worse, let's just see. At least I'll know if I can do it or not. And, you know, because I was, I was starting a little late too. So I wanted to catch up. And I did it. it the movie was, you know, it was good enough that the LA Times gave me a good review. And I said, all right, man, that's man. all I needed. I said, that's all I need. I just need, you know... I just need to know that I can do this and people are connecting with what I'm doing. And from here on, there's only one way and that's, that's up, right? You can only get better right. and better and better as, and I, I still have so much to learn, but the scrapper for me is my movie after my so-called film school, which was my first movie, you know? <laughs> so, right. Think so or swim. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So now when I watched the scrapper, I said, you know, I, I've come a long way and I still have a long way to go. And so that's what I like. I like to see that, okay, I'm growing, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm better at what I want to be doing. So, so that's really how it kind of all just happened, man. And uh, yeah, so far, so, so good, cool. man. So far, so good, yeah. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. 
Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. That's so inspiring. And, you know, there's a really good lesson there, ladies and gentlemen, in and I'm telling you, not that I'm some old wise man on the hill. I'm just old and have seen a couple of things. Um, but something, something I have learned, and Barry illustrates this. So, you know, you can start something. You can start something tomorrow. Doesn't matter what your age is and whatnot. Um, you know, one of the worst things I've seen people get, and it's like this self trap, this self prison. You know, and all of a sudden. They've got a family. They've got all this responsibility, all these commitments and whatnot. And, you know, oh, well, I better, better, you know, we better close the band down or, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put that dream on hold for a while. And I get it. But the thing is, is, man, you can, you can do it. And, and another great, great lesson there is sometimes it's better just to do it yourself, man. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it, Oft, often, often, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, you'll wait. You can wait all day at the bus stop. That bus may or may not show up. It's better just to get a bus, you know. And, you know hey, hey, man, just, just, just start walking, and if the bus comes, hop on. Shit, you know, <laughs> at right. least you're making way. You know, because <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're standing still, you, you're just getting stale, man. And you know, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's true. And uh, it's because I was, I wanted to be an actor, right? But the last thing I found out I was doing while I was trying to be an actor was acting. Two years had passed. Right. I was, I was, I was auditioning. So I guess I'm an auditioner, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I'm not really doing, yeah, I'm an auditioner. So that, that's what I do. I go to auditions and, and I audition. Uh, but, and I said, you know, there's got to be another way. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's not the right way. It just wasn't the way for me. And then I discovered right. there's, there is another way. It's much more riskier. Uh, you got to really put yourself out there. And a lot of people are doing this, especially nowadays, because uh, technology allows you to do what you couldn't do 
in the past Absolutely. Uh, so easily. But that also means you have a lot more competition, so it's it's, it's a lot more difficult as as well. But uh, yeah, man, I I I'm an impatient man. Uh, you were to- and I and I have two kids now. So, you know, and I got a family. I got a mortgage. But I find that if, oh, yeah. I, if I don't pursue this as well, the, you know, the last thing I want is any inkling of, of regret or resentment. And that doesn't mean I don't have those on occasion. Sometimes I regret that I do this stuff because it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> this, stuff, this, this, right. this stuff is hard. Like, you know, it's not easy, man. It's hard. Like, people will tell you how much you suck. Like, people are waiting to tell you how much you suck and how much your stuff sucks. So, yeah, so you really, yeah, you need a lot of faith in yourself. Uh, you know, you and you know, it's good to get people's advice, but then at the end of the day, you just got to know, okay, I got I to move on. I got I, I got to do this thing. And you just keep at it, man. Uh, I, I got a great piece of advice once was, you know, if you want to write, just write. Write, write one word mm-hmm. a day. How, how hard is one word, you know? Or you know what? Better yet, one page. You write one page a day, you got a 365-page book in a year, you know? Right. You break things, yeah, if you break things down, they become so much more uh, manageable and, and, and easier doable, to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I remember for a couple of years, I was just thinking, oh, God, I want to make a movie. I want to make a movie. I want to make a movie, you know? And it, every time I thought about it, it just got bigger and bigger in my head. And I was like, I know, this is crazy. How am I going to do it? Then I said, okay, let's break this baby down, you know. Uh, first, first I've got I to gotta write a script. So let's forget about making a movie. Let's just, make, let's just write a script. So I forgot about everything mm. else. I put everything else on hold. I forgot that I want to act. I forgot I want to do all that. And I, I literally just locked myself in for six months. And I was, I was like a monster. I was just, and if I was going somewhere in a car, I would be on my laptop writing. If I was waiting for my wife, my, my girlfriend at that time to get out of work, I would be on the laptop writing. You know, two in the morning in Starbucks, I would be writing, waiting for her to finish a shift right. or something like that. You know, it, it would be weird, and everybody thought I was like a recluse. And I said, "No, man, I got to get this thing done." And I, you know, I was like, a, I was like, I was like a racehorse with uh, with tunnel vision. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lot more chill now because I realize. There's more important things in life, honestly. <laughs> you know, like like right. you know, like no, like, li- like, like living life sometimes is very important. So right. you know, having that balance is is important as well because I got two movies under me now, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, it may or may not lead to another one. I I hope it does. I, I really hope something bigger and better comes out of this last one. But you know, there's no guarantee. So, but but that doesn't mean you should stop the hustle. It just Everything in balance, everything in perspective. Uh, but yeah, there's no time like the present, and the time is never right, man. It's it's never right. No, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the, if you watch basketball, folks, that's how the ball gets down the court. They got to hustle. They got to hustle, and it don't stop. <laughs> you know. You yeah, just, yeah. I I have young people all the time. Um, not just mm-hmm. young people, but people that are they're like, oh, I, I'm not in the movie business. I'm a painter by trade. I paint pictures of people and stuff. And I saw, yeah. Doing yeah, that for, yeah, a couple decades now. And that's how I make my living. And But I have people all the time, they're like, oh, you know, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And uh, they're like, you know, paint all day. And I said, I would love to paint all day, too. I said, but you have to realize, number one, it's 17, 18-hour days. That's 
the, the base, and out of that, maybe six, maybe seven hours of painting. A lot of days, right. five or four. Yeah, no, there's a lot of phone work, email. Oh, yeah, and, man. And there's a lot of grunt work. That, minutia. That, yeah, yeah. The, the administrative part of any 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 even you know even art there's a whole business part to it right if you want to paint for a living most of the time you're trying to sell your stuff you know it's like right. like like with the movie stuff you know let's go back to your basketball analogy that's fantastic because the only thing we see is is what the media wants us to see is the guy you know with right. the free throw running down running down the court you know and 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 doing the the big ads what we don't see are the 10,000 shots he's got to hit to make that one, you know, or, or the 10 right. years that he had to put in training and, and the, gruel, the grueling workouts, you know, the, the crazy diets, the, 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 the lifestyle, oh, yeah. just traveling from one place to another. And to, it's, it's grueling work, You're just man. being on. And, yeah. Even if you're having a bad yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no, for, for real, it's, it, it must be so uh, hard. I could just imagine these people's oh. lives, you know, like you know when they make it so cool. Because everybody wants to make it, right? We live in we live in an age of social media where if you're not a star, right. it's like you you become a failure, and that's tough. That's right. you know having to look up to that every day. That's that's hard, man. Oh, being yeah, being an artist is it's or or an, or an athlete, it's grueling work. It's grueling work. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, Barry, you know you're making movies. I mean, here's the thing. Me, you know, I paint a painting if it if it works great. I but I've been through it. I don't. I've got a real thick skin now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it, it, it ain't digging ditches or anything. Um, and it but it's 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 you know maybe a painting takes me a couple days. You know, um, maybe a week at the most. Um, yeah. But like you're making the art you're making, making a feature film. That doesn't happen over. Before I start doing the podcast, the show here. I, yeah, um, you know, I I had no idea. I had no idea. I I'd watch a show on TV and or something or a movie or something. I'm like, oh, they filmed that last week, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just knocked it out last Tuesday. <laughs> and I had no idea that no film time is way different than the reality time that I'm used to. Um, they could have yeah, filmed that take, three years ago. Take a big chunk you know, of your been life. Working hard. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Even even are, on a studio level, films. yeah. Well, and even on a, like a personal note, you know, like you said, you you married and whatnot. But you got to sit down with the, your wife at some point, right, and say, "Yeah, I'm going to make a movie," and and she's and sell that. <laughs> you know, well, she was like, she said, "You better do it on your own time. You better do it on your own time." Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it takes so more than the time. Actually, uh, uh, James is it's the fact that it takes so many people because uh, you right. know time is also kind of in your control. It's just up to you if you want to give the time or not. It's very simple. You want to write, you got to sit down and write the movie. It could take you uh, a couple of days, or it could take you, which which it doesn't obviously, but it could take you months or years. You have to find a balance, mm. right? Uh, there's, there's people in, in this world who have been working on their screenplay for the last 10 years. That means they're probably never mm-hmm. going to finish it. And then you have guys on the other spectrum who are knocking out a screenplay every week. I'm guessing they're not going to be that good, right? I mean, there's got to be no. a balance. I, for me, I, I think six months to a year would be 
a good time frame to really wow. develop a screenplay and get it right because it's really art you know writing is one thing but then you have to get it right in terms of you know because the audience expects certain things uh like for for example the scrapper i know about halfway through a lot of people are like man this is a lot of fucking drama but then all of a sudden the movie <laughs> changes gears and kind of grabs you by they the balls right? action packed yeah. yeah yeah then it gets really kind of bloody and gory and you're like whoa what the hell just happened so that was on purpose it, but you know i ran the risk of losing people there too because i because you because people might be coming into it thinking it's like a full-on action thriller and then there's all this like domestic drama <laughs> that jake is going through right and then but then it but then it gets you and then it worked that 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 works nice so the payoff is nice so to do that stuff sometimes takes it's like a puzzle. You got to figure it out. Like, will this work? And, you know, there's so many ways. And then, you know, you write the movie, fine, six months will be, will, and then you got to shoot the movie. To shoot the movie takes about anywhere from 10 to 30 days, right? Depending on your budget. But then to mm. prepare for that shoot could take a year. The preparation right. for the shoot could take a year. Getting all the actors, getting all the makeup and everything ready, locations. And then well, you got to post, yeah. yeah, post production, and the and the and in the editing room, you realize, wow, this thing fucking sucks. I got to change all this stuff, stuff around, you know. So you're rewriting the movie <laughs> now. Yeah, now you're rewriting the movie in in the edit. So it could easily take two to three, four years to to finish a movie. I mean, even studio movies, when they have a hundred million dollars, oh, yeah. you know, they take about a year to two years from the. Uh, the day that they decide they're going to do this thing. And that's not even including the writing, you know? So yeah. It, and then it takes a lot of people. So you're dependent on a lot of people, whereas other art, I will like painting is to some extent, a lot of it's in your control, you know, what you're going to put on the, on the canvas. But here I'm relying on the actors. If my vision is right. something and then the actor is giving me something else. Now that might, work or it may not work in in the overall uh picture that i'm trying to create because sometimes an actor will say hey i i think my character should do this and i know you know then there's a conversation it's like well that might be true but i'm really trying to weave an entire tapestry together and it doesn't really fit with what i want to show overall you know what i mean so there's a exactly. lot of negotiation happening. You're working with a lot of different personalities, and yeah, then you know you're really, yeah. You don't want to lose the actor, <laughs> you know. No, for sure. Well, yeah, it. yeah. That's why you gotta you gotta hire the right people. And uh, you know, luckily with me, I don't like to tell my actors what to do because I myself am an actor. So I want to make sure I bring on the right actor before we get to set. So so we'll talk. So the way I do it is when I meet the when I meet the actor I want to I look for the character in the actor not oh can he play this character I look for I'm like wait can this can this person there? actually be this this character that I wrote does he have those qualities right. he or she have those qualities where he could be like this vile crazy person you know or or this like heartwarming uh lovable person and uh Sometimes those things are not easy to recreate, you know. So I, I look for that. I look for for the traits within the, within the uh, within the person, and then the act. And if they're a strong actor, you know, they just take it on to a to a whole nother level. So that's kind of my hack. 
because I'm also acting in the movie, you know. So I don't want to right. be having these long, drawn-out discussions on set because I don't well, have the time. Money, man. Yeah, you and, know, and, and I don't have the money either. For- yeah. Yeah, low budget. This yeah. is a low budget movie. If I told you the God budget, moves. you would be like, you would be like, holy shit, what? The, like the catering budget on but movies you know, Peter, is bigger. Is bigger. This yeah. This film doesn't. This film doesn't look low budget. This it doesn't yeah, have that feel. Yeah. You know. And that's um, yeah, that's also on purpose because the first thing they tell you when when you ask someone, hey, I want to make a movie on a budget, they they tell you, oh, don't get a lot of actors. Oh, don't get a lot of locations. Oh, you know. Shoot handheld, uh, lower your cost, and, and most of the time, that leads to a subpar product because mm. now you're looking because you know when you go to the cinema when you watch a movie we have an expectation. Now unless you have right. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in a drama and there's it's two talking heads for 90 minutes you'll you'll, you'll listen to them, but if you have no names and you're yeah, you know, you know, your locations aren't that great, and your camera work isn't that great, and this is your first or second or third movie, and you still don't, you don't have that, that experience to really grab the audience. It's hard, man. It's hard to compete. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna make a low budget movie that doesn't look like a low budget movie. I'm gonna try my damnedest to make it look legit. You know, make it look like we spend a million bucks on this thing, so people can't be like, oh, this is and another one of those low budget indies. You know. And, uh, yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, if someone's going to watch my movie, if they're going to rent it, they're going to pay $4 for it, just like any other $100 million movie. So I think, you know, the audience, like you said, the audience doesn't care how long you spent, how much money you spent, how much blood, sweat, and tears you put into it. For them, it's their time and it's their money, right? So so I think that the the first job of, of – uh, Movies and cinema is to entertain. I really do believe in that. I, and yes, it's an art form. You can ex- express a lot of things through it. You can share a lot of opinions, and it's certainly an art form. And you can do so many different things with it. But if it's not entertaining, what is it? You know, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of Absolutely. other ways. There's a lot of other ways to do. Uh, you know, get your message out there besides movies. So I think movies should at at least be entertaining. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. 
as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another, a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. One of the great things, especially about crime movies, you know, people are really into them, and you know, your movie hits on so many cylinders, you know, immigrants and, and all of this and that and the crime, you know, and, and, and just the, the really cool characters, just even the concept of, of scrapping. At this point in society, I would dare say a lot of people probably are aware of, of scrappers, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's become, I remember when I was a kid um, in Detroit, it, it wasn't that it wasn't known that much outside of the city, you know, that people would go into these these houses and take all the wiring out. And yeah, they go in there, they rip out the all. copper. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, big money in that. Um, not big money, big, sure. big money, but, but you know, it's, it's a living. Um, and it happened. And then, you know, I, I don't know if it just times got tight and it started happening in other places and people became aware of that. But one of the things that people like, I think, about crime in my opinion, is that it's, like you said, an escape, you know? Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. the dancing and colorful Bollywood uh, escape, 
still in the probably the same reason people, you know, hey, what's Law and Order on now? Season yeah. thirty eight or yeah. something? You know what I mean? That obviously people like that. And it's that you know yeah, for sure. It's it's you know when you're driving down the highway, there's an accident. You can't wait to look at it. You know. Right. It's it's like it's like it's that it's that part of us. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I think violence is a part of human nature, and we're so domesticated these days that we that we we you know we revel in violence on TV and in mm. cinema and in the newspapers. It's it's almost like a voyeuristic thing. Where and I think that's not good. I think the fact that we suppress mm. and act, and act like we're such holy holy beings. It is a very dangerous concept and a dangerous thing because we're not. We can be terribly vile oh, and violent and disgusting, and it's good that we know that about ourselves instead of trying to brush it under the uh, carpet. So that's why I like to explore violence in my work because I think it's very fascinating, and I think a lot of people, for for them, violence is is, is a way of life. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> they have to go. They have to be a certain way. To, to survive in, in their uh, in their environment yeah, and not show weakness and just you know and posture yeah and, yeah it, it, bravado and whatnot it's it's basic stuff you know it's interesting you say that last Christmas my wife uh, maybe it was a couple Christmases ago now that I think about it anyway doesn't matter I'm really into mysteries and she bought mm-hmm. me a uh, 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 Sherlock Holmes <clears throat> collection uh, a book you know Conan Doyle and um, and it was printed um, back in the day, Victorian England. And it wasn't a reprint. Well, I mean, it might be a reprint, but it was all in the same prose that it was when it came out, you know? So it's 100 yeah. years old, pretty much. And the storylines, and it's a collection of stories, and one of the stories, um, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes. There's, you know, crime happens, you know? Anyway, somebody <clears> got <throat> killed, and somebody just happened to see the body, and it shook them so much, they had to go to a doctor. They were messed up just from seeing the corpse, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember reading it, and I kind of chuckled them. I said, that would never happen today. People would be like, oh, yeah, it's corpse. <laughs> I've seen eight of those in entertainment this week, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just a different world. Uh, but but you, 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 this film really gets into the grittiness, and not just the grittiness, but the reason why, you know, um, that's important. Jake has all these, that's, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has all these things, you know. He's, he's got the, the the brother with the the uh, special needs brother, the, uh, you know, stuff. Um, there's just a whole the weight of the world. You feel when you're watching this. You feel. Oh yeah, Jake. Jake, Jake, you know, Jake is miserable. He's he's fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on, man. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and he's trying to be—he's trying to be good about it. Yeah. it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, back to the violence thing, though. I, I you know, I—I I, I wanted to be very intentional in the violence as well, in the mm. sense that I didn't want to glorify it. You know, I didn't want it to be like, oh, Jake is so cool. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, these guys are so right. cool. These 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 tough cartel guys. No, man, these these guys. They, like you know, the stuff that they do is gruesome and is dirty, and it's not cool at all. I, I, you know, it's it. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to show that that aspect. Like you know, their actions had a lot of, like Jake's act, actions. Even though he was trying to be a good guy, it's his own damn fault. He ended up where he ended up in the end. 
you know, because right. he, he, he went back to his old self. You know, he went back to his old oh, self. He absolutely. made a decision, and that, and that decision got him by the throat, and it led to a lot of bloodshed. And that's what violence oh. is, you know. It, it's, it may feel right in the moment, but then you see the aftermath of, of what happened, and you're like, oh, you know, you think guns are cool, but look what the gun did. You think knives are cool, oh, but look what – you think you think tough guys are cool, but look what that tough guy did. You know, you know what I mean? He ruined this entire thing that he had, this family or, or whatever. So I think that's, that's what's missing in, in, in our uh, kind of society. Like, because we, we glorify, all, you know, being macho and being tough and being hard right. and violence and guns, but we never talk about the effect of it. You know, what does that lead to? Usually it leads to prison, death, and being mm. alone, <laughs> you know? So that, that's, what this stuff lead, yeah, this, that's what this stuff leads to, the, the trifecta. So, and nobody wants to talk about that. No, nobody's interested in the hard work that it takes to be successful, and nobody's interested in, in, in the after effects of, of, being, of this violence, you know? It's, so it's, it's, it's yeah, that's, I wanted to explore that. So that, that, that's another reason for, for that aspect of the movie, because I know a lot of people get put off by violence in, in films, especially when it's mm-hmm. uh, glorified, glorified. Although I've noticed people don't mind the glorified violence. Like you show them something like uh, like uh, a John Wick or a Matrix where a hundred people right. are killed in one scene with one piece, with one weapon. They're like, oh, that was cool. Okay. But then you show them something like, like the scrapper where one person is killed in a brutal way. They're like, oh, no, no, no. That was, that was too real for me. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? and you see that. I've, I've uh, during the pandemic, I got on this kick where I, I've been watching. I got hooked on all these uh, different YouTube. I don't know if they call them shows, but they're they're like little YouTube. I guess shows is what you'd call them mm-hmm. um, that people do. And I watch all kinds of weird stuff um, on on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, but one of the things I really enjoyed is because I've seen. Yeah, I'm like you. You've probably seen every movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the same way. And it's it's kind of a drag because you're like, oh man, I've seen this. You know, I've, I've seen I've seen John Wick. You know, I a hundred times almost it seems like. But I, I like these reactions where these these young kids that have never seen it. You know, and then they'll watch a movie or something, and they're and it's easy to watch them. You're right think John Wick is cool. Oh, man, he killed all these people and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then yeah. the next week, they do the next reaction and because they, they didn't know any better, and they watch Saving Private Ryan, Oh, and they're bawling like babies in the first five minutes, you know? And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, my, my that, daughter saw, saw the movie by mistake. Okay, but not by, I showed it to her. <laughs> and uh, what, the, the scene with the axe messed her up, man, and I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> and uh, right? she was like, "Oh my God, Daddy, what's gonna happen to that guy?" You know, she's six years old. She had a lot of questions. My son was four. Mm-hmm. He's having a ball. He's like, "Yeah, you know, that was great." <laughs> but she's she had, she had questions. <laughs> she's like, "How's he gonna get better?" And this man, I told her, "Well, he's not gonna get better, but this is all pretend, anyways." So that was a very interesting right. discussion, and I was like, "All right, no, no more of this stuff for you guys." <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, I remember being a kid. Uh, I'm, I'm probably a little older than you, Jake. May, maybe a little bit. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I remember being a kid, and my parents, there was a movie that came out, and my parents forbid me to watch it. 
it was called The Day After. And um, it was about, there was a nuclear war, and the movie was about the day after all the nuclear war stuff. It was in the 80s. People were worried yeah. about that stuff big time. And I snuck and watched it. And I, I was like 11 or something like that. Yeah, you know, I was a kid. And it messed me up, man. I was hiding canned food under my bed and stuff. I was trying to prepare, you know. I was freaked out. Um, my parents were right. I shouldn't have watched that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. My dad had yeah. to have a big talk with me, you know. He's like, yeah, you, you, you ain't, you know, there's an army base, or, or, you know, 20 minutes from here. You ain't going to survive. <laughs> Don't worry about all this. You're going to be lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it probably won't happen, you know. It's just, yeah, movies are crazy. Movies are very powerful. That's one of the things I'm very jealous of you filmmakers because you can, you can paint with such emotion and, and the audience gets it, man. The audience gets it. I have yet to see somebody, like, freak out over one of my paintings, you know what I mean? Like, like start crying or something. I, want, I would love for that to happen, but I've definitely seen a lot of people cry at movies. <laughs> And, um, you know, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. You, I, it's, it's Jake's a great character. He's, he's very interesting. This is a great movie folks. And it is out now, right? Um, right it, it's out now. Yeah. You, it's out everywhere now on digital. So it's not in theaters or anything, but you can uh, rent it or stream it, uh, anywhere you watch nice. movies. Yeah. And everybody knows how to stream now. You know, that's one thing about the pandemic that, uh, you know, Everybody knows how to work that Roku and PlayStation and whatnot. Yeah, we're all quite good at that. (laughs) I hope all your people were okay, um, you know, with with all the craziness and whatnot. Um, Yes, thank you. Healthy and everything. Yeah, it's. uh, Let me ask you this: Now, were you in the editing process when all that stuff happened? When, when, like, the lockdown? Yeah, yeah. So we still had. Yeah, we had to. We still had some shooting left, so I had to work up oh, the courage, uh, and I had to rewrite some scenes where it would just be myself in those scenes. Right. Uh, for example, the entire ending uh, we shot during the pandemic, during the big lockdown when we weren't yeah. we weren't supposed to be doing anything. I just went up there with my my DP. We went upstate, and I was like, you know, you and I, let's just go because we can't do it the way we were supposed to do it with the crew. So let's just go. You know, we were friends. We just went and we, we did it. Right. Uh, we shot it. Yeah, and then we got into the edit. And uh, I had to edit over Zoom, man, with my editor. So that was that was a new experience. Uh, well, that's got to be boring. crazy. You put all this time, money, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden yeah. you're like, are we even going to get this done now? You know, I mean... Holy yeah, God. yeah. You know, when you work so hard on something, it it becomes your world. But at the same time, I had to keep my perspective. You know, this is like a first world problem. I was very fortunate that you know this was my big problem. <laughs> you know, people were kind of getting turned upside down, right. uh, and so I was I was very lucky, even even uh, from a mental point of view, because I had this to work on during the pandemic. Mm. You know. So this, I would lock myself in the basement, and my family would be upstairs. My daughter would be doing her school on her Zoom. I would be on my Zoom in the basement doing editing. My son would be running around <laughs> playing with his truck, driving my wife crazy, you know. 
and Making it, it happen. This, you know, I was able to get into a routine, and uh, it kind of kept me sane. Otherwise, I would have gone crazy, you know, not having something to do. And a lot of people did did kind of get get affected mentally because you know you're you're locked in your house, and you oh, don't have yeah. a creative. Everyone needs a creative outlet, even though you may not you you think you might not be doing something creative. You need an outlet, whatever it is. Whether you're the guy that goes to the gym for three hours, or you play b-ball for a couple of hours, whatever it is, you know, you need you need an outlet to let all that stuff out. So I think this movie served me in a lot of different ways, uh, getting getting it done. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a unique experience editing over Zoom. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> hey man, you adapt. We're great at adapting. Oh yeah, yeah. We're good at one thing. We're yeah, good at adapting. Too. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, otherwise, yeah, what, what else are you going to do? Not do it? Just figure out a way and this keep way. moving forward, man. That's cool. That's cool. Let me ask you, I know we're uh, we're up against the time, but let me ask you real quick while I've got you. Um, are the gears turning? I know we're, we're promoing uh, the Scrapper and whatnot, and I do mm-hmm. want everybody definitely to see this. Uh, are the gears turning for the next project? Uh Fortunately and unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and I, I was gotcha. like, no, I'm gonna take I gotcha. it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, you know, take a step back now, take a breather. But uh, you know, we can't. We can't. We say no, that, I and, know. Then, and then you start taking a breath. You, you know, you start getting your mind clear. And what's the first thought you have? What am I gonna do next? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm picking up that, picking up that pen again. I have a couple of ideas churning and, uh, you know, you want to improve. You want to see how far you can push yourself and, uh, you know, as, as, uh, creative people putting things out there, you have low points, which are, tend to be a lot more than high points, I think on average for people, especially when you're doing creative works. Because, you know, this is like the 15 minutes of the scrapper right now, right? But then, you know, there's a million movies out there. But, but you know, these moments are good because it juices you up for that, that grind for the next thing. And uh, that tends to be much a much longer process, you know, getting it all together and getting yourself together and prepared to do it. Uh, but, but it's a challenge, and challenge is good. That's what keeps you going. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as a fan, as a fan of your films, I um, well, the film I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the other one, Lucky, right? Is is the name of it? Yeah, I, gonna, yeah, yeah, Lucky. I'm going to check that out. Um, you know, it's the holiday, man. We got I got a whole, I got space, I got to fill here. Um, entertainment wise, <laughs> um, I enjoyed this one so much. I got to see the other one as well. Um, but that just means I get to see more, you know, when you when you get it done. I want everybody to check this out. It is um Thank you. Very, Thank you. very cool. Yeah, and it's just a, a great film and and it's not a one note film, folks. I like a movie that I think about afterwards. And I thought about this. And not in a way I'm I'm trying to figure out what did that tree symbolize? You know, what did this symbolize? Not like that. It just made you think, you know, it about society and, and this and that and, and um, you know the trials and tribulations we all go through. Uh, wow, that means that very, means a very, lot. Thank you, thank you. That's, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. To me, that's good art. You know, that's good art. That's, you now, know, that's I, crazy I because. You, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. 
because you know I watch other other uh, other filmmakers' movies, and then every every now and then I'll watch a movie that'll just stay with me, and and I think to myself, oh man, I wish I could do something like that, you know, because you you know you never think like that about yourself, and uh, so to hear people saying that about the scrapper. It's it means a lot because I could never watch the scrapper the way you watch it, right? I could never have right. those emotions to it because I've been with it for so long. Like I know it inside out, but I could never react to it the way I react to movies that I just pick up and I watch because then and then I don't have all these questions, you know. And I'm like, wow, you know, I can't, how, you know, it made me feel this, it made me feel that, and I'm still thinking about it now. So to hear people like you saying that you've connected with it on on some visceral level, that means a lot to me because uh, I'm living through you now. <laughs> so the fact that yeah, you're doing we'll see. that, there that you go. yeah, that's, that, that means a lot to me because that, that shows me that I'm on the right path and uh, I'm growing as, oh, a, as a filmmaker. So that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, I saw that this was um, released in Poland. Is it going to be worldwide? And... And do you think uh, this will drop in India? In yeah, market. so the the sales agent is uh, busy at work trying to get it released. Uh, and I think uh, nice. it's going to be, yeah, they got something going on in India, South America. Uh, I don't know nice. about Poland. Did you, did you, is Poland up there too? Cause if it is, I don't I, know. I, 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 I might have missed um, it. It was on the IMDb. I, 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 I wrote it down okay. on my notes wow. here. But awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I know he's 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 working hard and on the European side as well. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 a long grind. Oh, cool, uh, I, I hope I hope more people find it and I hope more people connect with it the way you did. It is definitely not for everybody. I, I know I know that too. A couple of my friends were like, "Oh man, I like Lucky better because." Uh, and for me, the Scrapper is is a far superior film than Lucky. However, the, the mm. main difference between Lucky and The Scrapper is The Scrapper is very dark and it's very grim and bleak and it's kind of a downer, you know. Uh, it's mm. got that tragic. It's got the. It doesn't have the happy ending. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not peppy. It doesn't. You, you know right. what I mean? You've watched the film. It hits you. It hits you. It's like a gut punch. And you and, it, and for Absolutely. some people that hurts it, it hurts you know and uh, there's movies that do that to you sometimes so it's definitely not for everybody but hey if you're into that stuff and you're and you're ready for a ride you know definitely check it out. Oh, absolutely! But but you know, good film is like that. You know, it isn't always you know, especially when you're talking with the, like a crime backdrop and whatnot. And anybody yeah. who knows around who's been around knows. Like you said, man, the trifecta, it usually doesn't end, you know, <laughs> all sunshiny, you know. It's, just, it's not always good, man. It's not always good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but, some, but you're right. They, you know, as much as people say, oh, you know, I get sick of the same thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I saw a lot of people pissed off uh, at the end of uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. You know, they didn't expect that. I'm like, where else would it have went? You know, you kind of thought. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, I love that because that, I did that, too. That, that stuck with me. I was thinking about that. for, for That was the only thing I was thinking about. And I was like, yes, you know, that, that's what you got to do. You got you to gotta throw a little bit of reality in there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is a great film. And, folks, 
again, the holidays are upon us, and, you know, I know. I know everybody wants to watch their Hallmark Christmas movies. I tell you, I'll give you a little hint. If you watch one, you know how they all end. Um, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to throw shade, as my wife says. Um, But this is a little different, you know what I mean? Here's what you do, folks. You you make a deal. You'll say, okay, honey, um, to your significant other. Uh, you'll watch two Hallmark Christmas movies, but then they get to watch, have to watch a movie that you want to watch. watch. Put in the scrapper. How about that? That's good. There you we, go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and, and it'll get you through. <laughs> you won't be chewing your leg off, man. Um, oh, man. So let me ask you this. Now, being uh, Punjabi and whatnot, it's the big holiday weekend. Do you guys do Christmas or whatnot? And if so, do you have, like, special things that happen in your family? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm Punjabi. My my wife is uh Brazilian. So we were oh, very, we got a very yeah, we have a multi ethnic household, but of course we all celebrate Christmas, right? And <laughs> we we live in America, we right. got the tree. I'm putting up the lights for the kids, you know. They they wanna they wanna see nice. the lights and uh and we'll 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 spend the spend the Christmas with the grandparents, of course. Because uh, that's that's what it's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, after you do all this other stuff you got to have a home to go to and a, and a family to be with. Because if you if, if you can't figure Absolutely. that out, man, then the, uh, the rest of the stuff becomes meaningless very quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let your wife know, Barry. Let your wife know. Before Thanksgiving, um, I, I one day I turned on YouTube on the TV. And like I said, I watch a lot of YouTube. And this, the random videos come up. And uh, mm-hmm. it was – I don't even know why this came up. But I, I said – what is this? And I started watching, and it was the highlights of the um, uh, Carnival uh, ah, Salsa yeah. Parade. And I watched in Brazil? Uh, like an hour, yeah, in Brazil, about an hour of this, and I came to the conclusion Brazil wins with floats in the world. I don't think anybody anyway. You know, and then the funny thing was, a couple days later, my wife's like, hey, let's watch the Macy's. It was Thanksgiving. She's like, let's watch the Macy's parade. And I'm sitting there for about 10 minutes going, well, this ain't nothing. Brazil, this, Brazil's floats were way better than this, you know? I'm, yeah, I, I have yet to experience it live, the carnival. And she says it's, oh, man. it's, it's a bucket list <laughs> item for sure. I'm telling you. They, yeah, I was blown away, yeah. blown away. Oh, man. Well, keep making cool movies, Barry. You are real, real good at this. And, you know, if Thank you have you. those days where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it today, say, hey, there's one cat in Florida that thinks my movies are fantastic because there is. I do. And, uh, Thank you. That's all you need, keep man. Keep making you just them, need man. One believer. You just need one believer. Um, that's why I tell people. You just need one person to believe in you. And sometimes if that's you, that's fine, too. <laughs> I love you know, it. I love it. Yeah, if it's, if it's you yourself. I'm going to remember hey, that. It's, it's fine, yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Jamie, it was, it was a right. real pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for taking time, man. I really appreciate it. Go get on those lights, and I am going to get this uh, all together and everything. Ladies and gentlemen, this uh, will be converted to a podcast, and it will be pushed out on all the various social media platforms. And on all the podcasting platforms, we're on them all. Wherever you stream podcasts at, we're on like 500 of them, um, from Spotify to, to everything, iHeartRadio, all the big stuff, um, and all the small stuff, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, so if you're listening in the future to the podcast, Hello from the Past, 
do me a quick favor. We have all the links uh, to the scrapper, the social media and whatnot, where it's available at, uh, the IMDb page, all of that. Those links stay active uh, with the podcast. So if you're listening to it on Spotify, click on the, the link that says, you know, Facebook there or Instagram or whatever. Like and share those pages because if you dig something, chances are your friends are going to dig it, you know, because your friends got similar interests and stuff. And it helps a lot. I also want to let people know when you watch an indie film, um, wherever you're streaming it at, uh, there, there's usually, I can't think of any that there isn't, uh, a place to leave a comment. You don't have to write a doctoral thesis. Write a couple sentences, man. Give some feedback. That helps with the algorithm, and that gets it in front of more eyes. So very, very important. Um, so do that. You know, these people work their tail off making this. And uh, it's the least we can do. It's the least we can do. Uh, very, very cool. Well, again, it's the scrapper, Mr. And watch out for Barry Kang, man. You're, he's going to be – he's got a good track record. If he was a horse, I'd be betting on him. He's got, I know he's going <laughs> to be laying some cool movies on it. So Thank you. Out. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's going to do it. We will see it. I'm going to say it. I, I wait, get all year to wait to say it. We'll see you next year. Have a good one, everybody, awesome. and have a hop, happy holiday. Adios. Take care, Jim. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.